Hello, and welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, president of Borealis. This is being recorded on the 23rd of June, 2020, which marks, tragically, the 35th anniversary of the terrorist attack that brought down Air India Flight 182 off the coast of Ireland, as well as an attack on Narita Airport in Japan, which killed two baggage handlers. Air India Flight 182, nicknamed Kanishka, went off the radar as it was on its approach to London's Heathrow Airport. It was a flight from Canada to Delhi through London, and when all was said and told, all passengers on board, 329 people died. It was the single largest terrorist attack from an aviation perspective in history prior to the events of 9-11, some 25-26 years later. I want to recognize this anniversary in the sense that those of us who worked in security intelligence, those of us who worked in law enforcement, failed. We are paid, we are given the responsibility, we are given extraordinary powers to stop events such as this nature from happening, and we didn't. We were investigating Sikh extremism in Canada. We were aware of the events half a world away in India, where Sikh nationalists who were seeking a homeland in the Punjab for the Sikh people, had engaged in acts of violence against the Indian government and vice versa. We are aware of the invasion a year before in 1984 of the Golden Temple in Amritsar by Indian forces. We are aware of the assassination of Indian Prime Minister Indira Gandhi. We knew that there were Canadians who adopted this violent ideology, whether it was the Babar Khalsa terrorist group, which is responsible for the attack, or the International Sikh Youth Federation, the ISYF, which is similarly imbued with violent ideology. We were investigating certain people, largely in Western Canada. We undertook surveillance. We undertook wiretaps, court-authorized wiretaps. And yet, we failed. We didn't stop the bombs from being placed on the plane. Onto the two planes, the one headed to Tokyo en route to Thailand, and the other one headed to Delhi en route to London. The bombs exploded. At least the one in Japan didn't explode until it was on the ground, killing tragically two baggage handlers at Narita Airport. But the one on the flight to London detonated in midair with the deaths of all 329 people, most of whom were Canadian citizens. We in Canada, of course, launched the Air India Inquiry in the 2000s to learn lessons from what had happened in that. A bunch of recommendations came out of that particular inquiry. The Public Safety Canada also announced the Kanishka Project, which was a five-year research program to better understand terrorism better understand why people adopt these violent ideologies. I was part of that program when I worked briefly at Public Safety Canada in 2013, 2014, and 2015. At the end of the day, there's nothing worse when you work for a security intelligence or law enforcement agency when you have to admit to yourself that you simply didn't do enough. You go to work every morning with the one single goal, to identify individuals who may use violence and to try to stop them, whether it's through arrests, or in the worst case scenario, kinetic action, i.e. taking them out, if they're poised to use violence. We didn't do that. We failed. It's hard, it's a hard reality to accept. It's a hard admission to have to make. We do stop lots of terrorist plots. I certainly, in my time at CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, which was held up to scrutiny in the wake of Air India. CSIS was barely a year old, actually not even a year old, when the Air India attacks took place. And yet it took a lot of the blame for doing things improperly, not, not keeping intercepted, intercepted telephone communications, destroying them, destroying evidence. The RCMP, the old security service, which morphed into CSIS in, in 1984, was also held up to scrutiny for not doing its job properly. That's hard. It's hard to admit. 
As I mentioned, we do foil lots of plots. In my time at CSIS, we foiled the Toronto 18 plot, a massive terrorist attack that would have taken place in Toronto. We foiled with the RCMP working alongside. We foiled Operation Samosa in Ottawa, which was a plot to explode IEDs at a repatriation ceremony in, in Belleville, in Trenton, at the Air Force Base for Canadian soldiers coming back from Afghanistan. We foiled the Via Passenger plot. We foiled the Victoria Legislature plot. We have been successful in the past, and yet when you work in security intelligence, the only acceptable success rate is 100%. You're not allowed to fail. You're not allowed to get it wrong. The public demands that you are perfect. Interestingly, I read an article just the other day by Bruce Hoffman, who's a leading U.S. scholar on terrorism, who said public demands for this ultimate security fly in the face of the impossible. Security services and law enforcement are not perfect. They do make mistakes. They are fallible. They are run by humans. And yet, that is a task placed before us. It's no, there's no sense arguing that task. Whether it's unfair, unrealistic, or utopian, that's the task that we have before us. It's what we're being asked to do. That's what Canadians expect of us. And in this case, we didn't quite make it. And as a result, 329 Canadians were killed. I think it was the IRA that once said, in the wake of a failed bombing to, to get UK Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in the 1980s in Brighton at a resort where the Conservative Party was meeting, they said, and this has been quoted many times, you have to get lucky 100% of the time. We have to get lucky once. In other words, all we have to do is carry out one attack and we win. You can foil attack after attack after attack and all we have to do is get one through, one through your, your guard, one through your fence, one through your perimeter, one through your investigations. That's the reality of terrorism. The public doesn't tend to celebrate terrorism successes. They tend to mark terrorism failures. And Air India was a terrorism failure. I just thought it was important to mark this occasion because it has been 35 years. It did lead to some changes in the way that Canada and its security intelligence and law enforcement agencies work. As I noted, it was a catastrophic single act of terrorism, the likes of which we didn't see until 9-11. Of course, 9-11 was almost 10 times greater. And 9-11 has had seminal impact on terrorism worldwide and on counterterrorism worldwide. But it's important to remember the victims, the men, the women, the children of Air India Flight 182 when it crashed in the ocean off the coast of Ireland. I no longer work in security intelligence. I'm retired. Although I keep a hand in what's happening, I try to offer my comments, good, bad, or indifferent, as to what's happening. I don't know if I'm playing any role right now, but I'm doing what little part I can. But from my personal perspective, and, and when, it, when Air India took place, I was not working at CSIS, I was working at CSE, Communication Security Establishment, which is Canada Signals Intelligence Organization. I was relatively new. I'd been there not quite two years. We were aware of what was happening in India. CSE is a foreign intelligence organization. We were aware of Indian movements against the Sikhs in India, in the Punjab. We were aware of the growing Sikh anger against Indian military moves. And we contributed what we could from a foreign intelligence perspective. But the bottom line is that Canada's security intelligence community did not do enough to prevent this act from happening. I don't know, I don't think apologies are necessary. I'm not going to issue a personal apology from my perspective. I don't know what else I could have done at the time to have contributed to preventing this from happening. But it does sadden me that 
So many people died that day. I'd like to think that we did learn some lessons about how to do things better in terms of gathering intelligence and using it. I think we're a better community than we were 35 years ago. We can always get better still. There's always room for improvement. There's no perfection when it comes to this particular aspect of humanity, of, of government services, of government agencies. And I know that my colleagues at CSIS, and my friends at the RCMP, and others who work in the Canadian intelligence community are always striving to get that little bit better day by day, week by week, year by year. I just want to commemorate the lives of those 329 Canadians. It, it tends to be get forgotten in the shadow of 9-11, which has defined terrorism, defined many things over the past almost 20 years now. But here's to the memory of the men and women and children who died in that flight. I also want to recognize a, a dear friend of mine, Sushil Gupta, who was 12 years old when his mother died on that flight. And he, he, he transformed that, that tragic experience to work in criminal justice so that he could do his own part in ensuring that no other child would have to endure such a tragedy of this, of this nature. He's, he's been a, a federal prosecutor and he is currently op, um, working as a senior strategic operations advisor in national security for the RCMP. I've come to know Sushil over the years. I have a great deal of respect for him. I am quite touched by the fact that he has turned this tragedy into a career to do good. So to Sushil, my good friend, and to all the other relatives of the Air India disaster 35 years ago today, my heart goes out to you. You will never be forgotten, not in Canada. We will always hold that up as a way to remind ourselves that we have to do better. And we will do better. <laughs>